I think the main concern is the fact that uh, it's a virus that is clinically indistinguishable from foot and mouth disease and, and all the other swine vesicular diseases. So when pigs uh, present the clinical form of the disease in the field, you can really tell them apart from FMD or the other uh, vesicular diseases such as uh, swine vesicular disease or swine uh, exanthema of, of swine. So usually animals will, will present, uh, clinical signs will be uh, characterized by lethargy and anorexia and then, and those usually develop around days two or three post-infection. After that, we'll start seeing the first signs of lesion development, which usually start with uh, small areas of erythema, either on the snout or coronary bands or, or the sole of the feet. Uh, and, and, and those lesions will progress to vesicles, you know, fluid-filled vesicles, typical of the, of the vesicular diseases. Um, Seneca has been associated with uh, neonatal mortality. However, we still don't know for sure if that's actually the case, if, if it's actual Seneca uh, virus that is causing that neonatal mortality, or if that's just a secondary effect of, let's say, a secondary bacterial infection or a different virus that, that is, is there. Uh, we know for sure that it is the cause of vesicular disease, uh, the, the cause of the neonatal mortality that sometimes happens or, or occurs during outbreaks of Seneca virus is, is still unknown. We don't know for sure, and that's, that's one of the unknowns is still about the virus. I mean, we did some whole genome sequencing to see if there was any, anything really striking about the genetics of the virus, and, and that could be, you know, uh, a factor behind uh, this spike. One of the reasons why a, a virus emerges is when, when you uh, see changes in the genome that will increase virulence, for example, and that, that could be one of the reasons. But uh, although we see differences when we compare the contemporary strains that are circulating since 2014, 2015, we see differences at the genetic level when we compare those to the historical strains. Uh, is we still don't know if, if those changes are actually uh, the reason for that increase in, in virulence. I think the genetics of the virus is pretty similar in the last, you know, from, from the viruses that originally emerged uh, in 2014-15 here in U.S. until the ones that are causing outbreaks now. I don't think we see a lot of changes in those. Uh, there is obviously the normal evolution of any uh, virus, RNA viruses, they're not all I identical to, to each other. Uh, so there is some evolution, but they're very similar uh, to, to the original viruses detected in, in 2015. Uh, in terms of the impact to the industry, I think there are, there are still, I mean, there, people still have concerns um, and the virus is still causing outbreaks. There are several reports of outbreaks in slaughterhouses, for example. So after movement of animals to the slaughterhouse, you know, a few days later, uh, the animals that are in the holding areas of the slaughterhouses are breaking. There has always been this association between some sort of stressful situation like transportation or parturition, the, ori the original Outbreaks were, were described in, in sows after farrowing. Uh, so there is, you know, a, a hypothesis that 
stress induced by transportation or uh, power tuition, for example, could be one of the underlying factors that leads to, to the outbreak. But uh, to date, we don't have any scientific evidence to confirm that or to prove that that's indeed the, the case. One of the findings on, on, on our initial pathogenesis study with, with the virus was uh, the detection of the virus in the tonsil of all the animals that we inoculated on day 38 or 42 post-inoculation, uh, which is pretty uncommon uh, for any viral uh, agent to remain in the tissue of the host three or four weeks post-clearance uh, of, of the you know, circulation or resolution of the disease. So there is a question about persistence and a carrier state. Are animals that are infected, can they actually really carry the virus and, and become persistently infected with the virus and then serve as a source of uh, infection to other animals? So in my opinion, that's, that might be the, the biggest question that remains to be, to be answered. It would probably change control measures more than, than our research work uh, because probably ways of controlling the virus then after an outbreak would be to identify animals that are carriers and, and removing those animals from, from the herds. Uh, that would be one of the potential uh, examples of, of what would happen in terms of control of the disease. And this is also a factor that happens in FMD, uh, not in swine, but in cattle. There is evidence that animals that become persistent, that, that become infected, they become carriers of the virus and then uh, could potentially be source of infection. Clinically, one of the differences I think that, that we see in, 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 you know, between the two viruses is the presence of fever in FMD-infected animals, which is something that we don't observe in, in Seneca virus-infected animals. The animals will become lethargic, anorexic, and then you will see the development of, of lesions uh, with Seneca. In FMD, you have that febrile period uh, of you know, three, four days post-infection. Uh, Another thing is the transmissibility. FMD transmits, it's a lot more efficient in transmitting from, from animal to animal. I don't think we have evidence for that with, with Seneca. Another uh, important difference is that with FMD, we have several serotypes of the virus um, circulating. And with Seneca, from what we know so far, uh, and from the limited experimental evidence that we have, um, we only have one serotype uh, of the virus circulating, at least here in, in US. We haven't, we haven't compared anything with you know, Chinese strains or the Brazilian strains. Here in US, apparently we have only one, one serotype. And that also would have implications in terms of vaccines, should we uh, think about developing a vaccine for Seneca. For FMD, you need to have uh, multiple serotypes within the vaccine so that you, you provide protection against different serotypes. I think the key is, is diagnosis. We still have to, if we see a vesicular outbreak or, or an animal presenting vesicular lesions, we do need to submit samples to the diagnostic lab to confirm that is indeed Seneca and not something else. Uh, that will be my, my number one advice to, to producers and veterinarians that are working in the field. 
And the reason for that is because of its similarity to, to foot and mouth disease. Uh, we don't want to waste uh, one or two days uh, with uh, foot and mouth disease mm -hmm. circulating in our herds when you know we could be have we could have detected that uh, a couple of days earlier. So that's that's one of the main implications of this clinical similarity. Uh, we cannot get complacent with a disease like this because of the consequences that the introduction of FMD would have not only to the swine industry, but to the entire animal health industry uh, in this country. <laughs>